Now broadcasting from the Next Gen Conservative Studio in sunny South Florida. Bringing you the latest in politics, current events, and pop culture. This is the Whitfield Report with Sam Whitfield. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the channel for the Whitfield Report. And wow, what an amazing, uh, you know, past 24 hours we've had in terms of the news cycle. At the time of uh, recording this video, I believe it's been exactly 24 hours uh, since it was announced that Elon Musk uh, took over Twitter. His Twitter acquisition was indeed uh, successful. And it's very interesting to know how people are reacting um, to this. Um, first and foremost, uh, just my initial reaction was, wow, the madman actually did it. Uh, there were a lot of people that did not want him uh, taking over Twitter. There are still a lot of people who are unhappy that he took over Twitter, and we will, uh, you know, we'll get into why that is here in just a second. But honestly, folks, I have not been this giddy really since Donald Trump won the election in 2016, really since election night 2016, to be precise. It was a huge upset then because Trump was not supposed to win, according to, uh, you know, the, the mainstream narrative. You know, Hillary Clinton was supposed to be the, uh, you know, the anointed one. It was her turn to be president. And, you know, Donald Trump was a rodeo clown in their, uh, you know, minds. He was not one to be taken serious. And then he went and did it. And for the next, you know, really, really the, you know, the next two years, they spun a whole narrative about Russia. They bitched and moaned endlessly about him being president. It really was not a, uh, you know, it was not a pretty sight. I don't think they took Hillary's loss as well as they could have. And I'm seeing a lot of parallels between how uh, the left is reacting, you know, to Elon buying out Twitter, to how they reacted when Trump became president. Now, to be fair, I don't think Elon Musk is particularly uh, right-wing. I don't think he's necessarily conservative, um, you know, leaning. Uh, I don't know. I could be wrong on that. Ultimately, though, he doesn't seem like that much of a, of a political guy. Um, he seems to be a free speech absolutist. He has said so in... Uh, you know, interviews that I've heard, uh, you know, he, he has said that he wants Twitter to be a platform for all. 
Uh, in fact, since we are talking about Twitter, uh, let me go to his Twitter real quick. Oh yes, and we'll get uh, we'll get into these headlines as well. But let me uh, let me navigate on over to Twitter real quick. Okay. And let's go to Elon. Okay. Let's go to Elon's Twitter timeline. And boy, oh boy, is it, uh, you know, this place is hopping. Uh, and, you know, there you have it. Let me go ahead and retweet that right now. Uh, the extreme antibody reaction from those who fear free speech says it all. Yeah, and this is what it comes down to. He's not really looking to censor anyone, as far as I can tell. He just wants the platform to be uh, open, you know, to everyone. Um, let me see if I can find the, uh, you know, the, the thing. Okay. So, let's pull this up. Uh, yesterday, Musk said... Free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy, and Twitter is the digital town uh, square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated, said Mr. Musk. I, I also want to make Twitter better than ever before by making the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots, and verifying all humans. Uh, Twitter has, let's see, tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. Okay, so that is what he said uh, yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. So he's not talking about, um, you know, turning into a right-wing echo chamber. That's what the, you know, that's what the narrative is. Oh, Trump's, you know, e Trump is Elon and Elon is Trump. They're, you know, they're the same person, almost identical, sort of. That You know, that's what the media narrative seems to be. Um, he just wants it to, to be open and, you know, free for everyone. And what is so bad about that? Well, let's just look at all these headlines. There's nothing bad about it, in my opinion, folks. I'm all I'm all for it. Let's turn Twitter into, you know, the free speech, uh, you know, zone where anyone and everyone can come to communicate, right? But here is the narrative. Um, that is coming about. Okay, so from the mainstream media, we have several articles. Uh, Twitter has been focused on healthy conversations. Elon Musk could change that. 
And that's from CNN. And their definition of healthy conversation is basically censor anyone who is too far right uh, from speaking or, you know, or who they think is, you know, unhealthy. Uh, Twitterers face a reality they've long feared Elon Musk as owner. Really? Which Twitter employees are afraid? Um, there, there are several other ones. There's a great one I, I read, just the headline, uh, from the New Yorker, which we all know is a far left rag. This headline here pretty much says it all. How Congress can prevent Elon Musk from turning Twitter back into an unfettered disinformation uh, machine. So this right here, ladies and gentlemen, this is the narrative that they're really trying to push. That, you know, when Trump was on Twitter, it was anarchy and chaos. And, you know, prior to 20, uh, prior to 20, uh, you know, 18 or whatever, it was just chaos. It was, you know, people were just slinging, you know, disinformation and arrows and probably fecal matter on Twitter. It was chaos. It was a dumpster fire. Disinformation everywhere. You know, that's what they, that's what the left cries out when they're presented with an argument that they, that they don't like. Oh, you're just spreading disinformation. You're just spreading lies. Well, you know, how is having a debate about, you know, something like uh, a certain jab, how is raising concerns about that? How is that spreading disinformation? How is questioning... Uh, you know, Joe Biden's viability as president of the United States. How is that spreading disinformation? How is, um, how is Elon Musk allowing hundreds of thousands of, you know, just ordinary people who have been banned, how is that allowing the spread of misinformation, right? That seems to be a, uh, you know, big bone of contention here. Now, you know, disinformation is, is the big catch-all here, right, folks? That's the, that's the main argument that the left is using for, you know, why Elon's takeover is bad. That and hate speech, which... At this point, ladies and gentlemen, and we've covered it on the show multiple times, hate speech is such a catch-all term now, it it doesn't really mean anything anymore. Um, basically, the, the left has made it, you know, that anything I don't like is hate speech. Anything I disagree with is hate speech. Right? And so, going back to, uh, going back to Elon's 
tweet. The extreme antibody reaction from those who fear free speech says it all. And I completely only agree 100%. This is not something that people should be afraid of. The ones who are afraid of Elon's takeover and wanting to turn this back into free speech are the people who want to control a narrative and who want you to use big tech to do it. Now, as some of you may remember, a few months ago, I had my friend Sean Semenko, host of Real News, founder of Uncensored America, uh, you know, you know, just a, an all-around great guy. I had him on because he was banned from Twitter for platform manipulation, right? But when I asked him what platform manipulation was, or if they, you know, explained to him how he was, uh, you know, manipulating Twitter's platform, he said they didn't know. He said he didn't know that was just the term term they gave him, you know. And he was uh, perma banned, so the only or the only accounts that he has, um, you know, available to him at this time are the Versa Media, you know, account accounts which he only uses to tweet out the Real News podcast, and then Uncensored America, which is his organization's uh, Twitter account. But he himself has no personal Twitter account, right? And, you know, platform manipulation, like I said, that is such a broad, sweeping term. Uh, you know, my friend Rob... My friend Rob Lorch, who I've talked about on the show before, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I met Rob on the old uh, Dennis Miller radio show forums. Back, <coughs> back when that was a thing, excuse me, back when I first moved to to uh, Florida, way back in the day, um, you know, Rob was one of the most entertaining people on Twitter. He was funny, he was witty, you know, he still is, he's not dead, um, you know, and he, he was political somewhat, but mostly he would, like, just retweet uh, political things from other accounts. And then mostly his whole thing was he would either, like, post jokes or he, he was big into, like, 80s horror film uh, stuff. I, re I remember he would tweet a lot about that. He got banned. I can't remember why. I think, I think it was because, uh, like some feminist um, activist basically called him, uh, you know, a rapist or something. He basically told her to, uh, you know, pound sand. She basically flagged him for harassment or something like that. That And he got banned, you know, even though she was the one who instigated it. Yeah. Right, so they're like, 
There are definitely cases like that. Um, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, while we are while we are on this video, uh, let me go to my profile here. I want people to see this. Hold on a sec. Okay. This was a tweet that I put out yesterday on Twitter. Dear the Elon Musk, I hum humbly ask that you unban my friend Rob at, at our Lorch as he was unfairly banned five years ago. He has a great sense of humor and his avatar is Vincent Price. As Egghead, too. So how can you say no to that? Thank you. And, you know, I, I hopefully we will be getting the edit button, folks, because, uh, you know, there is a typo here, as you can see. Um, and there's no way to edit that. And, uh, you know, my good friend Dominicus Saxon, I second this. Rob Lorch is one of the funniest, cleverest, and smartest people on Twitter. Hashtag free large, which I completely agree with. Um, it's gotten 10 likes and one quote tweet from uh, Rachel Winstead. Shout out to her, to her and her husband, Jeff, the fantastic comic book artist. And, you know, Rob Lorch is not like a celebrity. Uh, you know, he's not like some edgy shit poster or anything like that. I mean, he is a celebrity in my world, you know, in my small little corner of the internet. He should be. Um, he's certainly comedically talented enough. But, you know, he's, he's just an ordinary guy. And he got unfairly um, banned from Twitter. Um, but, you know, there, there are other accounts that, um, were banned that already have come back. I think, uh, you know, off the top of my head, my good friend, John Arcade, um, he is back on, uh, Twitter, actually, after being banned, uh, I think he was I think he was banned, actually, before uh, I met him, honestly. Because he, he just followed me last night. Uh, I know that Drunk3PO's account was back. So that's good. Um, Baked Alaska's account, although, you know, I'm not a big fan of uh, Baked Alaska anymore. He's back on Twitter. And yes, folks, I do want to get uh, into that a little bit because, right, th there are some people on the right who I think are troublemakers uh, and who I don't necessarily agree with. Owen Benjamin being the most notable one, right? Uh, you know, 
Owen Benjamin doxed two of my friends, uh, was harassing them, you know, by extension, his, uh, you know, his cult fans were, like, spamming my, my chats, uh, you know, trying to, like, harass me on Twitter, trying to get my, uh, stuff taken down, right, because I called out Owen on some of his BS when he went crazy, but I've always said that, you know, one of the reasons why I think Owen Benjamin went crazy was because he got censored from, uh, Twitter, and, you know, the, the decline in, uh, Owen, it seemed pretty, you know, sharp once he got banned from Twitter. And so, while I don't agree with, you know, Owen on a lot of stuff now, I definitely think that censoring him and banning him from Twitter, Twitter hurt him. To be honest, I don't think he would have become as crazy or radical, uh, you know, if he, if he were still on Twitter. I think he would have had, you know, more mainstream voices and more, I guess, not even mainstream, but more rational voices, perhaps, speaking to him. You know, and this is the other thing, too, is like, you know, censorship, they've even done studies on this. One of, one of the big arguments for banning, like, super right-wing people is, you know, or, or like, you know, hate speech accounts like the KKK, um, one, one reason they have is, well, they don't want to radicalize people, right? They don't want to uh, allow social media to, to become a, a breeding ground for hate speech. The problem with banning speech off Twitter, even if it is hate speeches, those who seek that stuff out will find it anyway. And they'll go down rabbit hole holes, they'll go deeper and deeper into their echo chambers, and it never ends up well, you know, turning out well anyway. Whereas you go onto a platform like Twitter back in the old days when things are open, where you have, uh, you know, a diversity of opinion. Yeah, you might get hate speech. You might get some racist speech. But I guarantee you, like back in the old days of Twitter, if, uh, you know, if, if someone said something like, uh, you know, white people are superior to black people, or, uh, you know, vice versa, black people are superior to white people, uh, or anything like overtly racist. Back in the old, back in the old days, you would have people, you know, rep reply to that person, and yeah, you might get people, you know, that say, fuck you, that's racist, or, uh, you know, whatever, but there were a lot of, uh, instances back in the old days of Twitter where you would get radical people like, uh, you know, people from the Westboro Baptist Church who would tweet out, you know, insane things, um, but then, you know, counter to that, you would have, 
black people responding to them and questioning their logic and actually challenging them to an intellectual debate. And that's really what we need, you know, in Twitter. We don't need more censorship of thought. We already have that and too much of it at this point. I, you know, I'll be bold enough to say that. Um, the only antidote to hate speech is more speech and good speech. Don't censor hate speech. Allow good speech you know, to come in and counteract that hate speech if it's such an issue if it's such an issue for you. Censorship does not work. Now, you know, doxing and like threatening and harassment, that's a different story. But um you know, if if it if it actually like causes harm to your physical safety, like if threat if someone's threatening to kill you and it's, you know, active, you know, and it's, it's verifiable. That That's one thing. That's shouting fire in a movie theater. But, you know, claiming hate, claiming hate speech because someone says something distasteful or something you don't agree with, that should not be bannable. That should be debated, maybe, and, you know, allowed for discussion but it certainly should not be banned. So that's just my take on the whole uh, free speech thing with Twitter. Um, in regards to features I like to have, well, we certainly need an edit button. Um, and I, you know, I know Elon is looking at doing that, and that's kind of the meme at this point. You know, the Elon bought out Twitter simply to add an edit button, right? That's one of the memes. But no, I think, uh, you know, an edit button needs to be, uh, you know, taken into account. I think the UI might need to be cleaned up a bit. Um, one feature that I really think needs to be uh, brought back is, uh, oh, <coughs> is allowing... Ordinary accounts to be verified. And what do I mean by verified? Well, you know, back in the early days of Twitter, basically anyone could apply to be verified, to have a blue check mark. Verification essentially means that, um, you know, your profile is your official profile that it's you who is, you know, representing an account and not like a fan account or not someone doing like a parody or, you know, a kind of like an impersonation account. And I think, you know, now Twitter verification is kind of like a, is kind of like a, uh, you know, a celebrity step at type of thing. But in all honesty, I think verification should be like open to anyone who is actually willing to verify their identity. Because I, for one, have uh, multiple accounts. You know, I have this one and then I have a back one. But I also have, you know, I've seen there was an account uh, like about a year or so ago 
that was using my profile picture and that was kind of like impersonating me uh, to, to send spam to people. You know, and fortunately I was able to report it and shut it down and what and what and whatnot. But you know, by having my actual Twitter account verified, by having that blue check mark, people could know that it's actually me, you know, speaking and representing myself. Even though I'm not, I'm you know, a major public figure, I still am a public figure, somewhat. So, just like on mines. I think we should be allowed to verify easily. So, you know, that's my main shtick. Now, as far as, like, other platforms like, you know, Mines and Gab, listen, I, I think Gab is pretty much dead. Uh, you know, if they do bring back Trump and they start to bring back all these other banned figures back onto Twitter, I think Gab is dead. Mines, eh, I... Listen, I actually think Minds will continue to maybe be a viable thing uh, because, because people say that Minds is a Twitter alternative, but honestly, I see Minds as more of like a Facebook alternative, to be honest. And Minds is also trying to do its own thing with crypto, you know, currency and whatnot, and using that for social media. So honestly, I don't think alt tech should necessarily be shut down or anything now that Twitter is you know, in more responsible hands of anything, I think, you know, people should be allowed to, you know, be on multiple platforms, and maybe some of these platforms can actually be real competitors to Twitter now. But honestly, those are just my, my initial thoughts on this whole thing. Um, I don't want to take too up, up too much more of your time. Really appreciate everyone for... Uh, you know, tuning into this video, and, uh, you know, for those of you watching this, I will have a video, and a, actually a full-length episode of the podcast up later today, so be sure to check that out, uh, my good friend Luke Nicholas is my guest, uh, we recorded an interview on Sunday, we talked for two hours, so that will be premiering at like 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, on Spotify and on YouTube, so be on the lookout for that, should be pretty good, um, but folks, I want to thank you for all your time, and uh, thanks for watching this video, and or listening to the podcast version, and uh, until next time, God bless, God save this great nation, God free no magazine in that order, and I'll see you in the next video. Thanks for listening to The Whitfield Report on the NGC Network. Please visit Sam's website at www.thesamwhitfield.com and support Sam on Patreon at patreon.com slash whitfieldreport. Until next time, God bless, God save this great nation, and God, freedom, legacy, in that order.